you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Today on NFL Fantasy Live, feeling bullish? Great. The opening bell has rung and we hit the fantasy stock market to find out who is trending upwards this preseason. It's time to readjust your draft board. And speaking of trending up, Colts quarterback Andrew Luck joins the show to discuss all his new toys in the chest for 2014. Which one is his favorite and who will be on the receiving end of all those passes this season? Plus, our team previews for the Rams and Seahawks are just ahead. Find out what fantasy owners need to know about the Rams offense without Sam Bradford. NFL Fantasy Live starts now. Welcome to NFL Fantasy Live, the official fantasy football show of the National Football League. All the way at that end, the Hall of Famer did not visit the Hall of Fame in Vegas. I have to apologize, Fabs. I, I would have loved to have seen your bust with like a pen in your mouth and a, a hand on your head as you, as you parse those great names for the fantasy football draft we're about to have tomorrow. Marcus Grant and uh, Adam Rank. Did I say you were Michael Fabiano, by the way? I just I mentioned so. you were the Hall of Famer. That should be good enough, right? The Hall of Famer. A reminder, you can sign up today for your free NFL.com fantasy league at nfl.com slash fantasy can i see the palms guys anybody sweaty because our draft is tomorrow our expert uh, league draft no, no, sweat. no, no sweaty no, palms all good yeah the champ cool as a cucumber <laughs> all right let's get you caught up on what you need to know as we creep closer and closer to the regular season and we get started with all of our headlines matt castle will start versus the rams week one no real surprise there even though teddy bridgewater led uh Quite a nice fourth quarter drive uh, in a contest back in week three of the week two, I should say, of the preseason. Um, so really no, no surprise there. Right, guys? I mean, come on. Well, two gloves, Teddy Bridgewater will back him up. Good news or bad news for the rest of the Vikings offense? Well, Matt Castle has shown in the past that he can lead a team. Not a bad accomplishment for a guy who did not play quarterback at USC. But the real question is, can he get the ball to Cordell Patterson like he did there? Can he hand the ball off to Adrian Peterson? If so? Good enough. Opinions, opinions. Matt Castle, do you Not care? Not drafting him, but matchup-based starter during the season if you have a bye week, sure. Yeah, no, I think as long as he can get the ball, like Adam said, to Cordell Patterson, Adrian Peterson, Kyle Rudolph, everything's fine. I know in a minute we're going to get to um, stock up, stock down in the preseason. Castle looked great. I mean, Castle looked yeah. freaking great running that Norm, uh, Norm Turner, I should say, offense. I was going to say Norm Chow. Norm sadly, Chow. I, I, sadly I, Norm I, never I gave him the chance. Yeah, I was going to say it was sadly, coming Norm out. Norm never gave him the chance. It was all Matt Leinard. All right, Falcons running back Steven Jackson returned to practice Monday. Missed most of camp with a hammy. Where do you draft a starting running back that can't seem to stay healthy? Late. Uh, I actually had my FSWA Hall of Fame draft last night, and he was one of the last starting running backs to be picked. Risk, risk, risk with Steven Jackson. Yeah, I still think you have to worry about Devontae Freeman. I know he's down the depth chart a little bit, but in terms of what he brings to the table, I, I think he's going to move up quickly But as the season goes on. 
fantasy MVP last year. Yes, I know. That's strong <laughs> week 15. He hey, pushed me it, over the it top. helped get you a, uh, a title rank, so where do you draft him? He's sitting on the board in blank round, and I've got to take him. I'm out. Out. Good luck. Period. We, we parted ways as friends, and that's yeah, it. That's I helped now deliver you on. a championship, and that's <laughs> and the And we're thanks. friends, and listen, he'll, yes. have a special, yeah. he'll have a special place in my heart. Forever. Loyalty right here. <laughs> None. None. <laughs> All right, over to Denver. Broncos head coach John Fox says, wide receiver Wes Welker is in good spirits after suffering his third concussion in the past year. Welker will go through the standard concussion protocols, but it appears he has avoided a major setback. So, fantasy owners, should they be concerned about drafting Welker fans? Yes, there's no question about it. The concussion is such a serious ailment, and I just I keep thinking about the name Austin Collie. And I hope Welker's okay, and I hope he plays in 16 games. I hope everything's great, but... Three in a year. It is a very, very risky injury to play with on that football field. Marcus, I'll, uh, I'll submit to you what I just gave to, uh, to Adam here. If, if Wes Welker is available to me in the blank round, I will draft him. I think I'm looking at Wes Welker right now, probably round nine, round ten at this point. Sound about right, Rank? Right about there. All right, round nine, round ten. Wes Welker. I mean, even in a PPR league, you I think, think he's going to go a little earlier. I say yeah. seven or eight. All right, seven or eight, nine or ten. It just again, like Steven Jackson, high risk, yeah. but there's other high guys, reward. There's other guys you can get there. I think like Eric Decker will right. be there, a better value. Yeah, less risk is I think the, the key. All right, in a uh, move that may be more about his trade value than X's and O's, Patriots quarterback Ryan Mallett not expected. To play in week four of the preseason. So the question, I guess, is do you expect him to be in a Patriots uniform this time next week? And does it matter? Rank? Yeah, he still is. Nobody's going to take a chance at him. I think the teams are locked in. The the, uh, St. Louis Football Club is locked in on Sean Hill. The Texans could be in play here. But if they haven't made a move now, at this point of the preseason, it seems a little bit... It's going to take them too long it's too to get. Late. Yeah, it's just yeah. way too late. Yeah, it's too late to, to bring in a new quarterback to learn a system when the season starts 10 days from now. No question. All right, here's a, here's a look at preseason week three fantasy leaders. They always say week three is the preseason game that you want to watch. The starters get the most run. You start to see a little bit more exotic packages in the defense. Manny Sanders, the man who is set to replace Eric Decker in Denver, tops the list. Russell Wilson just cut the Bears' defense to ribbons. Bryce Butler there in Oakland. You see the list. So three weeks of the preseason in the books, and it uh, looks like we've seen enough to speculate and invest. So with that in mind, let's, uh, let's play stock up, stock down. Uh, Rank, you want to get us started here on, uh, on old Doug Martin? Yeah, I like Doug Martin, and it goes back to that Jeff Tedford offense. We talked about it. Actually, you talked about it in the preseason that Jeff Tedford is going to ride one guy. So you look at Doug Martin starting to get back into that conversation of being an RB1, and I'm looking at the mock drafts that I'm doing, and he's available in the third round, sometimes the fourth round. If he's available for you there, he is going to get his opportunities. He's going to get his chances. I like him a lot. Do the new uniforms deter you at all from drafting love Doug? You love them. I like those new uniforms. Something yeah. different. Yeah. I don't like the numbers. Like They're the too numbers. hard to read. Yeah. <laughs> too hard to read those numbers. All right, wow. Fabs, uh, let's go Monte Ball. Stock up, stock down. Stock up. He returned from the appendectomy. He was on the field and saw the football for the first five snaps against the Texans. He's got Peyton Manning in the backfield with him. That is a huge advantage. Remember the numbers No Sean Marino posted last year? That is not out of the realm of possibility for Monte Ball. All right, we stick with the running back position and Zach's Stacy with the news that Sam Bradford is down for the year. Yeah, last year I said Zach Stacy became a fantasy star through circumstance, and unfortunately circumstance has reared its ugly head once again. Zach Stacy last year averaged 18 touches per game with Bradford on the field. That went up to 24 touches per game when Bradford was gone. 
Don't worry about stacked fronts. Stacy saw those last year when the Rams were using a backup quarterback. You'll see it again this year. I think he's going to start moving up and be a guy you get sometime early in the second round now. All right, bullish on those three. Let's get to uh, bearish, I guess is what we would say. You, you, are, you are bearish on who, Adam Rank? RG3, not a huge fan of his preseason. It really goes back to his 2013 season as well. Really, RG3 has been living off six games. The first six games of his NFL career, he had six rushing touchdowns. He has had one since that time, and now they want to make him a pocket passer. And if you spent any time watching him in the preseason, he looks very uncomfortable in the pocket. He does not look like somebody who can lead your team. And you look at all the quarterbacks out there who are available in your fantasy leagues, I can't imagine a scenario where I would want him to be my number one quarterback. He's a good-looking pass, though, if he was throwing it to that defensive back. All right, Fab, stock down. It's Arian Foster. We haven't seen him. He's dealing with the hamstring injury. He's coming off of back surgery. Back in the offseason, I thought he could give you one more good year, but he's been invisible. He hasn't been able to play. I'm worried about him. I'm, I wouldn't take him in the first round. Maybe in the second round, but I'd have to take Jonathan Grimes late as a handcuff. Foster is maybe the biggest risk-reward player this side of Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, not to mention, I mean, without someone to pass the ball, stack the box, and that works against you as well. Here we go, Cam Newton, Marcus. Right now, everybody's talking about the wide receiver position, the fact that there's nobody on this roster that's caught a regular season pass from Cam Newton. Yeah, that's worrisome. What worries me more is Newton's recovery from injury. He's coming off the offseason ankle surgery. Now word that he has a hairline fracture in his rib. That's going to tie this guy to the pocket. His rushing numbers have decreased in every season. They're going to go down again this year, and with it, some of his fantasy value, too. Yeah, but you ask anybody that's had a rib injury in the NFL, and they say you barely feel those, especially when you're passing <laughs> the football. You All right, that stock up and stock down. And when NFL Fantasy Live returns, fantasy stars come and go. But it takes something special to be a true game changer. Find out which receivers we think fit the mold and could fit perfectly on your fantasy team. And they may have won the Super Bowl, but what have they done for you lately? We head to Seattle to sort out which Seahawks are worth drafting this season and which are set to lay a fantasy egg. Think you can't live without your phone? Wait until you download the new NFL.com Fantasy Football app. Live draft from anywhere and watch in-game video highlights on the go. NFL.com makes fantasy football better for everyone. Download for free at NFL.com slash fantasy app. All right, it's time for Game Changers presented by Bose. This season, we're looking for your help to decide which performances made the biggest impact for your fantasy teams each week. So tweet us using the hashtag Game Changers, and we might feature your tweet on an episode of NFL Fantasy Live. Today, we're going to talk about wide receivers. Try to find you a diamond in the rough. Now, interestingly enough, get a look here at the top 10 players on 2013 championship rosters. There are no wide receivers there, but come on, it's turning into a passing league. So we are going to mine those fields, dig you up a nugget that can turn into a diamond, just like Le'Veon Bell, DeMarco Murray, and of course, no Sean Moreno, who might end up getting that starting job in Miami. Who would have ever guessed the guy's keeping it going? Go Bulldogs, go Georgia. Uh, All right, so let's get it started with those wide receivers. Fabs, what do you got? How good was Emmanuel Sanders in the last preseason game? It's almost like they said Peyton. Let's throw the ball to Emmanuel Sanders and, and let's throw it to him again and again and again. And we also saw, unfortunately, the injury to Wes Welker. Does that mean Sanders has more upside, more targets? Sanders isn't an elite athlete. He's not a guy who is uh, going to excel, but Pitt Manning makes him a better wide receiver. Pitt yeah. Manning makes a lot of wide receivers better. He's currently going off the board in round nine on NFL.com. Money? No brainer. That's like stealing, my friend. No brainer. What do you got, Rank? 
I like Michael Floyd down there in Arizona. The coaching staff feels he could have a breakout coming off a 2013 season when he had 1,000 yards. It seems like there's a little bit of a passing of the torch there from Larry Fitzgerald to Michael Floyd, kind of like Hulk Hogan passed the torch to The Rock in WrestleMania 18. Michael Floyd can be somebody who can bust out for you. And if you look at his average draft position, he's going off the board around the sixth round now, which is a great value for him. And if you can grab him as your second or third wide receiver, you're going to be in good shape because this Arizona Cardinals team is going to be throwing the ball a ton. Well, no doubt you talk about drafting in the ninth or drafting in the sixth. Not as much risk there. I'm going to say reach a little bit higher for Michael Crabtree. You see right now he is going in the sixth round. I believe Michael Crabtree, who... As far as, you know, dollars to donuts, I think he's got the strongest hands in the NFL. He catches balls specifically in the red zone. That's where your hands really, you see him right there, just snatching that ball out of the air. He's a wide receiver one in my book, which means you draft him as a wide receiver one, but you're not going to have to draft him until probably early third, maybe late third, early fourth. You're still going to get Crabtree. There was a special relationship between he and Colin Kaepernick when he came back Wrote it all the way to the NFC Championship game. Just a big fan of how strong he is, how good he is in the red zone. And that means a lot of touchdowns, and that's six points every time he snatches one of those balls out of the air. Fabs? Well, I'm going to go a little deeper now, Deep. and I agree with you with Crabtree. Ruben Randall, a guy that people forgot about because the Giants drafted Odell Beckham. But guess what? Odell Beckham is not going to make an impact this year, neither for the Giants or for fantasy owners. Randall could. Remember, he was the top red zone option among wide receivers in the Big Apple for Eli Manning when Eli actually threw the ball to his team and not the opposition. But Randall is someone you take late. His ADP right now is round 14. As your fourth or fifth wide receiver, I think there's sleeper potential here. All right. Uh, Ruben Randall, Michael Crabtree, old Manny Sanders. And who'd you have ranked? Michael, Michael Floyd. All right. That was Game Changers presented by Bose. So wide receiver. It seems like people take wide receivers like crazy in the late rounds. So yes. what the heck? Manny Sanders, Michael Floyd, not bad options at all. Still to come on NFL Fantasy Live. But you know what? Just to help you out, Fabs, draft some running backs in the late rounds, too. Maybe the guy you that's back in the uh, old Marshawn Lynch up. We're going to uh, look at the Seahawks. They prove defense wins championships, but can they lead you to a fantasy championship? We debate if they deserve to be the first defense to go off the board. Plus, Sam Bradford may be sidelined in St. Louis, but what does it mean for the rest of the Rams? We'll tell you who's still worth drafting and who you'll want to avoid more Fantasy Live after this. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. All this month, we are previewing two teams per day to get you prepared for draft day in a segment we call Fantasy Two-A-Days. Makes sense. Today, we're looking at the NFC West, and we start with the defending champion Seahawks. You saw Russell Wilson there as we returned from our break. Is Russell Wilson a QB1? Yes. Rank. Grant, what do we have? Yes. <laughs> yeah. He finished ninth last season yep. in fantasy points. So he, really just yeah, he absolutely is a QB1. And you look at him this season, it's going to be even better for him. You've been watching him in the preseason. He looks very good directing that offense. And the one thing I love about him, he is the smartest runner when it comes to quarterbacks. This guy just knows when to tuck it and run, when to extend plays, when to get down, when to get out of bounds. Never seems to take a clear shot. So I like Russell Wilson. If I ended up with him, I'm, you know, I'm, you know me. I'm targeting Peyton Manning or Drew Brees. But if I have to wait for a quarterback, Russell Wilson is a guy I'd feel very comfortable with. How about it, Marcus Fabs? I'm the contrarian here. I, I think he's a, I think he's a high end QB too. I would love having him as my second quarterback. But he was ninth last year. I know he was That's ninth. A QB1. Andy Dalton was fifth. And look at how we talk about this guy. I, I mean, is I, I Andy Dalton at, a QB one for you? No. 
No. No. He finished fifth last year in points. <laughs> but, but Why Andy are you holding them to their reputation? Andy Dalton. I, I, I look at the Seahawks offense, and I just I don't see any explosive passing game. I know they get it done. They find a way to win. I, I love what they do on the field in terms of wins and losses, in terms of just numbers. I'm not quite as in love with Russell Wilson as I know the rest of you guys. Well, I'm not saying I'm in love with him. He's a QB1, but he's a low-end QB1. He had over 500 rushing yards last year. It's your favorite the thing, problem <laughs> with Russell Wilson is inconsistency. There was a point last year where you couldn't even start him. But there was also a point where he was fantastic. So you've got to play the matchups with him a little bit. I still see him as a low-end QB1. All right, so QB1, One. but for some reason. No. Andy Dalton, I'm, 5. Uh, Russell uh, Wilson, <laughs> 9. Still a QB2. All right. Quarterbacks who score points. We, uh, we move to, well... <laughs> the linchpin. Ah! <laughs> oh. I see what you did there, uh, money. <laughs> Excuse me. That's horrible. Marshawn Lynch, the centerpiece of the Seattle Seahawks offense. You see it since 2011. His 900-plus rush attempts, number one. Yards per carry, number two. Rush TDs, number one. Yet, like you do with Russell Wilson, Marcus, I'm here to say I am terrified of this guy this season. How about it, Fabs? But why are you terrified? Um, I, he's such a physical runner that I'm waiting for him to break down. He runs so freaking if hard and takes at, so much contact. If you look at the numbers, though, 300 carries a year is not a ton. I mean, we're not talking about 370. It is nowadays, though. He had 400 but touches over he, the course of the season. He had 366 last year. Don't add touches to, to this poor <laughs> guy or carries. Playoffs right. and everything. Well, the playoffs, too. But – Lynch is that he's that kind of runner. He's a physical runner. That's why we love him because he's going to see goal line work. If you compare him to Adrian Peterson, he's younger than Adrian Peterson. He's outscored Adrian Peterson in two of the last three years. He's averaged fewer carries per year than Adrian Peterson. And in his first four years in the league, he averaged fewer than 215 carries a year. So if we're freaked out about Lynch, which I'm not, I'll draft him. You'll draft him. Why are we not freaked out about Peterson? Well, I think oh, the yeah, difference. Wait, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. No, I'm, I'm freaked out about everybody. I would say I'm not. I mean, to me, Peterson is just a, he, he is a running back unlike any other in the National Football League. He's very a, he is similar. A freak. Very similar. Yeah. He's a very punishing kind of running back. Hey, he's a featured back, Marshawn Lynch. If I can get him in one of the first five or six picks, I'm taking yeah. him, and I am not worried about him at I all. I just think, just to wrap it, the difference for me with Peterson is he's got that breakaway speed. Lynch doesn't. You know, Lynch, Lynch uh, is, well, a, he'll get more goal line work, but you Peterson. You remember that run he had against the Saints, though? That well, was yeah. I mean, Pretty but good, he broke man. 90 he tackles. He wasn't a breakaway speed tackles, runner. That's yeah. what he does. So, yeah. all right. What about the handcuffs? So, let's just say if someone like me is uncomfortable, but I do take him number five overall, heeding your advice, what handcuff am I now going to take? Well, I like both these guys, but I'm Kristen Michael or Bob Turbin. Kristen Michael, out, yeah, Bobby Turbin. I like both of them. And that's one of the reasons why I'm shying away from Lynch is because the Seahawks are playing – to win playoff games, yep. and they're going to extend a season. But Robert Turbin is a guy that I would go with. He looks so explosive. You know, he's looked so good. They've yep. wanted Christian Michael to go in, take that job. They've wanted to, him to be the guy. But unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to do it, if you're a Utah State fan, Bobby Turbin's been the guy who's been able to carry the ball. Yeah, I like Turbin in this one. I mean, I know we were big on Christian Michael coming into the preseason. Just the way things have worked out in these preseason games, I think Turbin has kind of taken that number two spot. All right, let's get to the uh, the receivers and Percy Harvin. He's supposed to be the number one, speaking of injury. The injury concerns, though, of Percy Harvin scare you, but talk about someone that can turn nothing into a 90-yard touchdown run off a screen, you know, a screen pass or something. This is the guy. But he also has the curse of the great Northwest wide receivers going against him. Name me the last wide receiver to go to Seattle from another team and actually produce uh, and meet expectations. Uh, it hasn't happened, so... 
I like his upside because he is so versatile. Because this is a guy who was considered a number one fantasy receiver just a few years ago in Minnesota. But the injuries worry me. What has he missed? 22 games in the last two years. I'm not drafting him unless he's my third fantasy receiver. I feel in the same way. I just worry about him being on the field. I mean, we saw it with Jeremy Macklin a little bit last week in the preseason. I always have that nagging fear that Percy Harvin's going to go down at some point. And a very physical division as well, a punishing division physically if somebody has a penchant for injury. So what about the other receivers? If Percy, let's just say, is going to go down like he has, and we certainly hope he doesn't, but he has in previous seasons, is there another receiver there in Seattle that is worth drafting? I would say Doug Baldwin. Uh, kind of a go-to guy. Late in a 12-team league or 14-team league, something like that. Uh, he's shown some flashes in the past. But, guys, let's be honest. There isn't a Seattle wide receiver that you can trust, and that includes Percy Harvin. They are a run-based offense. They're not going to throw the ball like Peyton Manning or, or Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers. That's maybe why Marcus doesn't like Russell Wilson as much because he doesn't throw for four or 5,000 yards in the season. They're a run-based offense. None of these wide receivers excite me. Yeah, the one thing I'll say to keep an eye on, I just, I, again, I love the one pass, six points, plus however many yards with a touchdown. Paul Richardson is cartoon fast, like crazy, crazy fast. He's a rookie wide receiver, but keep an eye on that waiver wire if for I like some that reason there is a. Fast. Yeah, like, I mean, it's, fast. it's stupid how fast he is. He's good, but they've talked about that he's going to have to acclimate a little bit more. Jermaine Curse is a guy I like. Yeah, well, here we go. How about notable subtractions for the Seahawks off that defense and additions? You see the additions there, Kevin Williams. Phillip Adams, Brock Coyle, they lose half of their defensive line. Chris Clemens and Red Bryant leave also their cornerbacks. Brandon Browner, you see him there, and Walter Thurman. So we are seeing the Seahawks defense be the number one drafted defense so far in these early drafts. Are they worthy of remaining the number one drafted defense? Rank, start us off. I think so, absolutely. I like the moves that they made. They've gotten younger. It's one of those situations where they've had a talented defense, added more talented players, and become younger and more explosive. I really like what they're doing. Again, this drives it all back to what I feel they're going to end up doing with Marshawn Lynch is Pete Carroll knows how to turn over a roster each and every season, so... I look at this defense, and I say, you know what? They're going to be lights out again. Marcus Fabs, I know you agree with that average draft position, right, in the fifth round? Uh, not so much. <laughs> yeah, what are people doing? Don't draft a defense until late. They're fantastic. Eight games a year, you're going to get unbelievable production because they play up in Seattle where yeah. you can't beat them. So what round? They're unreal. Give me a round. Number one defense. What's the round? What's the it's round? It's auto-pick. No, I'm sorry. No, I'm not doing it. 14th round. I'm not doing Still it. Still 14th round. I'm, I, so I, you're I not will not the draft a defense early. I won't do Marcus, it. Marcus, I was going to give it 12 or 13 right. at least. I can't do 13. it. I was not my DNA. about the fifth round. When uh, <laughs> NFL fan, maybe the sixth round. But they believe <laughs> it. Right? Fantasy Live returns. You've done fifth your research. It's time to draft, but you're split down the middle on who to pick. We'll show you why taking a second look at the schedule can make all the difference. Plus, Andrew Luck conquered defenses last season, but now he's trying to conquer the world of acting. Well, We sit down with the Colts quarterback to talk about his newest project right after this. All right, welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live, the most watched fantasy football show on TV. And if you're facing a tough decision in your draft, sometimes knowing a team's schedule can make a big difference in helping you make your pick. So we get a look here at the quarterbacks with the, and I'm using the air quotes here, easiest schedules based on last season's fantasy points against FPA, if you like acronyms. Well, I mean, that does it. Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub that's over it. That's Tawadi. the guy I'm Locking going in. with. Marcus, uh, give us some direction here of, of those five quarterbacks. Which one uh, sticks out at you? Uh, obviously, Peyton Manning is right there. You take a guy who's a fantastic quarterback, and he's you know got that schedule. It's certertainly good a good deal to have. But Colin Kaepernick, a guy I think uh, has a lot of had a lot of question marks so far in this preseason. But you look at that schedule, and maybe 
it reassures you a little bit more. We talk about how good the defenses are in the NFC West, but uh, Adam, they're, they're not the same this year. No, and San Francisco's is not going to be the same. So you look at a team that could be in a lot of shootouts coming up because they have some deficiencies in the secondary, which means a lot of opportunity for Colin Kaepernick to throw the ball. And plus, he's got a full September with Michael Crabtree this season. And whenever Ka- uh, Kaepernick and Crabtree have played together, They've done pretty well. Yeah, no doubt. I am uh, with you on that one. We get to uh, a, a board of schedules of quarterbacks, I guess. Well, it's quarterbacks with bad schedules. So, Brian Hoyer, it's the AFC North. Ben Roethlisberger, again, the AFC North. Uh, and then, of course, you see Alex Smith, Phillip Rivers, Josh McCown there. The AFC West is going to play the NFC West. And we know that that division last year was not kind to quarterbacks. So, I'll go ahead and focus on... Philip Rivers here, and while I understand Rivers surprised a lot of folks last year, you see where he's being drafted this season, 12th round, even though he was a QB1 last season, has a new favorite target in Keenan Allen, and a, a, a head coach in Mike McCoy that likes to throw the ball, Ken Wisenhunt gone, sure, but Philip Rivers is a savvy bet, and you just said it when you were talking about San Francisco, the back end of that defense is not the same, with the injuries to Arizona, that defense is not going to be the same. In the front seven, obviously you're concerned about the one. It's one game against Seattle. In the meantime, I look at the AFC West and I see shootouts. I mean a ton of shootouts, which is why even though the bad schedule is there for Phillip Rivers, I'm not all that concerned. I assume he will be. Oh, I don't assume. He'll be a QB1 this year. I'm completely comfortable saying in a 12, even a 10-team league, Phillip Rivers at QB1. He was a sixth overall quarterback last year in fantasy football. And Plus, the, the first two games against Seattle, Again, in week two and against Arizona week one, maybe a little tough, but sure. after that, after easy that, sailing. Smooth sailing. All right, let's get to uh, running backs with good schedules. Okay, Chris Johnson, Toby Gerhardt, Rashad Jennings, C.J. Spiller, Sean, not exactly it's Adrian Peterson, Matt Forte, Eddie Lacy, but again, these are the tough decisions that you're forced to make. So when you take a look at uh, this schedule here, Marcus, what uh, what running back do you, I guess if you're splitting hairs, are you focusing on? I'm looking at Toby Gerhardt, and he's a name that we've mentioned a lot in this preseason simply because he's going to get the opportunity to get all the carries, or at least the, well, the overwhelming majority of them, in Jacksonville. So the schedule certainly is nice. I will say that the red flag I have seen about Gerhardt in this preseason, averaging just 3.2 yards per carry so far, I mean, that's approaching kind of Trent Richardson numbers from last year. That's not good. Oh, he hasn't, go he hasn't wow. shown any burst. He Those hasn't shown a lot of Richardson great things. Numbers. I like his opportunity. I just want him to do a little more with it. That's a full half yard better than Trent Richardson numbers. <laughs> I, mean, I look, stand corrected. If he's sub three yards per carry, then we're talking Trent Richardson. All right, bad schedules for the running backs. Adrian Peterson, Eddie Lacy. Well, there you see the NFC North and uh, <laughs> Zach Stacy with the NFC West. I'll focus on Le'Veon Bell here, though, Rank. And you see the opponent fantasy points per game about three less than what you saw for Toby Gerhardt there here's why again I guess I'm going counter to the argument of bad schedules it's the AFC North they run the football it's a black and blue division you have Pittsburgh that has revamped their offensive line they have invested heavily in the draft along that offensive line because they want to run the football so if Le'Veon Bell is going to be the guy I think you're more interested in Dre Archer and LeGarrette Blunt taking carries away from them than the schedule yeah that's a little thing that concerns me right there is LeGarrette Blunt in there and taking some opportunities away from him but yeah, it's one of those things, too. Le'Veon Bell, a solid number one running back, and when you're looking at the drafts, again, he's falling a little bit. I'm not sure that I'm ready to take him in the second round. No. no. But if he gets to the third round, schedule or not, I look at him as a guy that I can definitely 
a little bit trust. Yeah, I mean, I, I just bring up with, with fantasy points against, it's you know he's going to get the attempts. And that's yeah. that's what you want. It's what you want from Toby Gerhardt. Right. You want him to be a, an RB1. You want Le'Veon Bell to RB1, be an RB1. The schedule certainly can push you in one direction versus another. But that guy's going to get some touches. All right, wide receivers, good schedules. Here we go. Victor Cruz right there at the top. Marcus, why don't you get us started there? Well, Victor Cruz has a fantastic schedule. And you talk about the, the NFC East. That's a division that might throw the ball a lot this year when you look at those teams. The problem with Victor Cruz is it doesn't matter what your schedule is if your quarterback can't get you the football. And Eli Manning has struggled throughout the preseason. The Giants' offense has sputtered, has gone nowhere. New offensive coordinator in Ben McAdoo. It looks like they're still trying to knock the rust off. And Cruz and his ability to get the football in his hands, that worries me more than anybody they may line up against. Yeah, no question. But, again, it's, it's a wide receiver one. So, uh, right. of, all the, of all the risks you're going to take, you feel a little bit comfortable, more comfortable taking one with a number one target. All right, here we go. Bad schedules, wide receivers rank. What do you got? Well, look at Dwayne Bowe. So, I'm off forever. Out. Off forever. Of course, Dwayne Bowe, 15 touchdowns in 2010. He's had 13 in the three seasons since, so he's somebody you avoid anyways. The one that surprises me, right, well, it doesn't really surprise me, but Keenan Allen is one yep. that might draw a little bit of interest because people are looking at him as a wide receiver one. And, again, we talked about the schedule opening up with the Arizona Cardinals and then playing Seattle, and it could scare you if you have Keenan Allen. I just don't want you to not draft him because he has two tough games right off the bat. And, really, that game against Arizona, he could be in a situation where he's held down for most of the game, and then, boom, he catches a 25-yard touchdown pass. He gets close to 10 points, and then everything's gravy. So I look at this guy as having another breakout season, another huge year for him. He he wasn't able to get into the mix early last right. year. That was the big First thing. Four weeks. Not only Not only was he injured, but he went to Cal, which meant he couldn't practice with the team until – their graduation had I happened. I'm taking a shot at Cal for No, I'm again. not taking a shot at Cal, but they're, they have a late graduation. Right. So it took Oski them a little bit. the Bear is going to beat you down if you well, take a shot. I'm not taking Cal. a shot at him. Yeah, I don't know. I think that was a thinly veiled <laughs> shot. All right, let's uh, get it over to our Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, who is sitting with, well, standing with, potential Hall of Famer, Andrew Luck. Got a man open in the corner. Looking to run, Luck looking for the end zone. He takes it all the way. Andrew Luck. All right, let's welcome in Indianapolis Colts quarterback and fantasy football star, Andrew Luck. Andrew, welcome to the program, my man. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So tell us here about your experience as an actor for Lenovo's Tough Season Series 2 web, uh, web series. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was it's it's a great experience. I had a I had a blast doing the first season. Uh, got to film some episodes uh, with Alfred Morris and Doug Flutie this year. Bunch of good guys. It's fun. Uh, I guess it's a mockumentary. Uh, we have a good time. My acting is terrible, uh, <laughs> so I'm glad I have football to fall back on. You certainly do, and we're going to talk about football here now. The NFL is a passing league. It's all about points in this league. Do you see the Colts being more aggressive in the passing game coming up in 2014? Uh, that's, a, that's a good question. I think, uh, I think we'll, you know, we'll be aggressive when we need to be. Uh, we realize, though, you know, to, to, be a, to be a consistent, a good offense, we've got to be balanced. We've got to run the ball. We've got to get completions. We've got to move the chains. Uh, but, you know, hopefully we can, we, we can find those big plays. We know how important 
you know, th those are for, for momentum in a game and, 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 and trying to win, win ball games. Should we as fantasy fans be expecting more two tight end sets with Dwayne Allen and Kobe Fleener? Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think you'll definitely see both those guys on the field uh, a lot together. Uh, they're, they're, they're very dynamic. They, they play well off of each other. You know, I, know I think Fleener did a great job last year when Dwayne went down of sort of, sort of carrying the torch for that room. Um, and, and, and it's fun when you have guys like that because you can put them in different positions and, and, and try and create you know, favorable matchups, and they do a great job of, of winning those matchups. Now, you've got some really good weapons in your passing game, maybe none better than Reggie Wayne. How has he looked coming off of the ACL surgery? Uh, he's, he's looked great. Uh, you know, first just having his presence around and, and, and him being in the locker room and on the field and, and doing drills is, is huge. Uh, you know, and I think he hasn't lost a step. He looks strong and fast. His hands are obviously incredible. Uh, and he has such a great feel for the offense and, and how to get open that uh, really looking forward to getting it going again with him. And you have a new addition to the passing game, Hakeem Nix. What does he bring to the offense that you guys maybe lacked last season? Yeah, Hakeem's a, Hakeem's a stud. He, you know, he's, he's won a Super Bowl. He's a big play guy. He's got you know, big hands, makes a bunch of catches, great body control. Uh, you know, he, he brings a lot, a lot to the offense. And you know, I think it'll be tough for, for defenses just to focus on one receiver or one pass catcher. There's, there's a bunch of guys that, that can hurt you out there. Now, if there's one question fantasy owners have about the Colts is the running game. Uh, Trent Richardson struggled a little bit last year with you guys. What have you seen from him in training camp and preseason that makes you think he's going to improve greatly in 2014? Yeah, he's been great. Uh, you know, he he's, he's definitely understands the playbook better. It's tough when you come in midseason and are expected to step in like that. You don't have much time to sort of you know, digest and, and, and learn the system like everybody else. But he's done a great job of, of being on the right track. Uh, he's, he's made some real big plays. Uh, he, he's, he's, he'll, he'll have a great year, and it'll be fun to watch. All right, Andrew, thank you so much. Good luck this season. I have you as my fourth-rated quarterback in fantasy football, so I'm expecting big things, and fantasy fans certainly are too. Good luck this year, my man. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Remember now to check out Andrew Luck, Matt Forte, Alfred Morris, and more in Lenovo's Tough Season 2 at Lenovo.com slash NFL. All right. Thank you, Andrew Luck. Thank you, Fabs. Coming up, does Zach Stacy's stock go up with Bradford stuck on the sidelines? Are the Rams a top five defense? Where do you draft Tavon Austin if Sean Hill is under center? We talk all things Rams right after this. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. We are wrapping up our Fantasy Two-A-Days for the NFC West with a team that has a lot of question marks, the St. Louis Rams. So we start with the departure, sadly, again for Sam Bradford, another ACL injury, the impact that it has on this offense, Fabs, and uh, I guess will it adjust your drafting methods for the Rams? Well, maybe I like the wide receivers a little bit less, like Kenny Britt, Tavon Austin, but it's not going to significantly drop either one of those guys. And to be quite honest with you, they're going to run the football, I think, the same amount as they would have otherwise. Sam Bradford is not Kurt Warner, for example. They're still going to run the ball. It's still going to be 
the centerpiece is Zach Stacy and maybe Benny Cunningham sprinkled in there a little bit. And uh, certainly with Bradford going down, uh, the one wide receiver that seemed to get, well, Kenny Britt was getting a lot of run lately, but Tavon Austin, they trade up to get him an explosive playmaker at uh, West Virginia and certainly can still have an impact on this team because of how they're going to deliver the ball. Brian Schottenheimer is going to deliver the ball to him. A lot of those check down passes. Yeah, a lot of those check down passes, and I think they're all going to they're going to find ways to get him the ball as a runner as well, kind of out of the backfield. We saw some of it late last year, the couple of games near the end of the season when he finally took off. They found new creative ways to get him the football, and I think they're going to have to do that to take a lot of the pressure off Zach Stacy this year. So, rank you see the uh, the graphic there? Average round, thirteenth round for Tavon Austin. If he's sitting there, what a before, great value. What about tenth, yeah. eleventh? Is there a round, or is it thirteen? You got to wait. I that would late. say about twelve. All right. Can so right before you draft your kicker bit? and your defense, right there, Tavon sneaking Austin. In if he's still available. All right. Well, the one player that, as you said there at the top, Fabs, really doesn't get impacted as much because I don't think a lot of defenses were going to honor the pass all that much. The pass, I should say, with Sam Bradford is Zach Stacy and the value of Zach Stacy still where it was, or, or maybe even a little bit higher. He's an RB two for me, a guy that you'll draft in the third or fourth round. The question I have isn't about his ability. It's about workload. And can he continue to see the lion's share of the carries? Last year, if you projected the number of touches he had in his starts over a 16-game season, he was right there with LaShawn McCoy. I mean, that's a lot of touches for a guy who averaged 16 or 17 in his last two years at Vanderbilt. But I think the big difference is it's not as though he's jumping immediately from a Vanderbilt-like workload to an NFL-like workload. He's kind of been eased into it when you look at the 12 starts he had last year. He's maybe immune to hitting that rookie wall because he didn't have so many touches. So maybe this year he's able to work up to well, that big number. when he started, he did have a lot of touches. A they lot worked of touches. him hard. The one thing I would be concerned with, and just, you know, to, to grab, I don't know who started the whole pump the brakes thing, but, but why I would pump the brakes on Stacy is – his yards per carry are not great. He yep. is not a home run hitter. Trey Mason is a stud. I mean, a stud of a back. Certainly, he's had some issues with pass protection. That's he has problem. not jumped out like the Rams had hoped. But I am confident they want him to be the guy. They want more of a breakaway well, threat than well. Zach Stacy affords them. But Benny Cunningham's there. They and that's the other issue. They let him run with well, the, the ones. Issue, yeah. The other part of it is, even if you're worried about his yards per carry average, being a volume guy maybe offsets that a little bit. Yeah, and, and I guess the issue with Benny Cunningham, too, is remember, Isaiah Pede was supposed to be the guy. Right. And all of a sudden, Daryl Richardson, <laughs> Richardson takes those was. carries. So Jeff Fisher is not afraid. So I guess I'm now pumping the brakes on myself for you Trey are. Mason. Who are you talking because about? What I'm saying, I'm, I'm simply Pick saying, Zach Stacy, that that paltry yards per carry scares me a little that's bit. That's why if, you don't it, take him as an RB1. Exactly. And you that's uh, absolutely it. right. It's why he's an RB2. The value of the Rams defense, and this is, on paper, one of the best-looking defenses out there, but what happens now if they have an offense that's not competing? That's the problem. That defensive line is going to be fantastic and be very formidable, but how many games are they going to be in where at the end of it they're going to be out there so much because of all the three and outs with Sean Hill and everything but this team just wears down a little bit I mean there's explosive playmakers all around the field but again this is a team that could have come out and been the top defense yeah. this year but now you got to slot them back a little bit I slot them back behind Seattle the team you like a lot the Denver Broncos I put them behind them Arizona they're kind of in the mix in a very similar situation with as the Arizona Cardinals just for a different reason the one thing I'll say about this defense, what's the easiest way to get points in fantasy sacks? 
this is arguably the best attack the quarterback sack defense in the NFL, which is why I still have them in the top five, Marcus and Fabs. Yeah, I would agree. I think I think they're definitely right there. I know we don't talk a lot of IDP, but you look at Chris Long and Robert yeah. Quinn on the edges there. Those two guys get after the quarterback. And I think that may help in the sense that it pressures the quarterback and maybe it leads to some interceptions on the back end. Right, and they're going to turn the ball over as well, so I think that's big. To me, they're still one of the eight best defenses in fantasy going into your draft. So a D1. They are D1. a D1. D1. That's right. Yeah, football starts this week, D1. All right, still to come on NFL Fantasy Live. If you're thinking about putting a first-year player on your fantasy team, you better know what you're getting into. We compare some of the top rookies worth drafting right after this. Time for Clear Choices, presented by the makers of Claritin. All right, it's tricky figuring out which rookies are worth drafting and which are just fantasy mirages. So we're here to help you make the choice and make it more clear. We start with first-year running backs, and you see them behind us here. Terrence West of the Browns, Carlos Hyde of the San Francisco 49ers. Those are their preseason numbers thus far. Certainly Hyde the more productive of the two, but hard to figure out. They're going against ones, they're going against twos. So who do we like? Come on, let's go. All right. I like Lowe's Hyde, but I think I'm going to have to wear Terrence West for quite a while because yeah. I've been quite high on him throughout most of the preseason. And when I look at that Cleveland Browns situation, I do feel at some point this season he's going to make a big impact for them. Okay, well, let's stop. Now, wait a minute. This is, well, called, this is called clear choices. This is unclear it's choices. Clear. It's supposed to be clear. The choice it is supposed be to be clear. Both of them are backups yeah. right now. There is no clear choice. But give it's me your clear of, choice. If you had Terrence to make a, West. All right, there we Terrence go. Terrence West is my guy. That situation there in Cleveland, he's going right. to end up being the number one running back by the end of the season. Now we're talking. Ben Tate, he's got a history of injuries. Plus, Terrence West, when he gets a chance to run with the ones, he looks pretty good. The only problem was in this preseason, they were just trying to get Ben Tate in there as much as possible to get him ready for the season. But again, I And I'm with you, Rank. I like the kid out of Towson. How about it, Marcus? Do you have a clear choice for me? I am clearly picking up the Carlos Hyde flag <laughs> and running with it right now. I, I like what I've seen from him this preseason. He's a guy that, in a lot of ways, looks like Frank Gore in the sense that he's going to pick up those tough yards. He's going to be a short yardage back, potentially. At some point, the Niners know they need to start making that transition. And especially with Marcus Lattimore now on the pup list, you know he's going to miss some time at the start of the season. Carlos Hyde knows that he is locked in at that number two spot. An excellent handcuff for Frank Gore. Maybe a guy you consider getting some late-season starts, depending on how that running game shakes out. I'm just saying, we have been sending Frank Gore out to pasture for at <laughs> least six years. Ever, ever. For at but least six at years point, now. We've got to be correct. <laughs> He's got right? two replaced knees. How is he still running? He's still running the football. All right. The uh, trend is hard to ignore. Rookie wide receivers just don't put up huge points in fantasy. I still ignore that for some reason. So if you're taking a rookie wide out, Brandon Cook's probably the top option. But after that, if you're taking a flyer on someone late, should it be Calvin Benjamin, national champion out of Florida State, a Carolina Panther, or arguably the most explosive player in all of college football last season, Sammy Watkins. I'll get started with Benjamin because of the lack of receiving options for Cam Newton in Carolina. Benjamin, a tall drink of water. He is a big, big guy. I mean, I, Cam Newton has not had a receiver. I know LaFell is about 6'3". This guy is a full 6'5", a full 260 pounds. He's an athlete. He can jump. Absolutely love him in the red zone. I took a flyer on him already in one of the drafts I completed, and I will probably continue to do so because nobody drafts rookies like I do. And <laughs> I tend to the take truth. them a <laughs> couple rounds. I love Calvin Benjamin this year as the number one option for Cam Newton this season. 
I, I like Benjamin as a late-round flyer, but I'd prefer to go Watkins just based on his athleticism, his skill set. You said it. This yeah. guy was the most explosive player in college football last year. But with that being said, I'm going after second-year wide receivers before the rookies. And, and the other concern about Sammy, look, he's a remarkable talent. It's, uh, it's E.J. Manuel. It yeah. is E.J. Manuel. He's injured, and it's E.J. Manuel. But you also have to remember that the best wide receiver in fantasy football last year was Josh Gordon. And who were the quarterbacks yeah, there? Certainly. No it question. doesn't matter talent's as much talent. as you think. Peyton Manning, yeah, he's going to make wide receivers better. But a lackadaisical quarterback isn't going to necessarily make a good wide receiver that much worse. Watkins, a late-round flyer again, but I am going after second-year wide receivers before the first-year guys. All right, that was uh, Clear Choices presented by the makers of Claritin. The, the one thing I'll say, and I, don't, I have not done the statistical analysis on this, but rookie wide receivers with veteran quarterbacks tend to perform better. So that's, that's another reason why I like Calvin Benjamin a little bit more. That's why I love Brandon Cooks, because you're talking about Drew Brees. And even right. though Cam isn't in that conversation with Drew Brees, it, you're just a little more settled sure, when you sure, have right. that veteran back there. Yeah, plus, with the new rules, the way they're calling those penalties, if they yeah. are, if rookies are able to get off the ball a little bit better. Well, that's the biggest adjustment, no question. The physicality of the defensive backs, they don't know how to deal with that because right. they didn't have to in college. And if that's out the window, we're even better. All right, join us tomorrow as our Fantasy Two-A-Days take us to the AFC East where we break down the Bills and Patriots. NFL Fantasy Live returns tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern on NFL.com. I like rookies. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.